Welcome to No Compromise Radio Ministry. I'm your host, Mike Abendroth, and we are back semi-live. I mean, it's August 2023 when I'm recording this, and the summer of Hebrews is over. Thanks, Spencer, for posting all those. You can always email Spencer if you've got questions about an episode or this, that, and the other. Info at nocompromiseradio.com. Well, it's been a good summer. I got back here to New England, and it's kind of muggy. Rains a lot here, uh, but a lot of pretty green grass. Unlike the wintertime when it looks like, I don't know, nuclear winter here sometimes. What's going on here? No Compromise Radio. I should be, Lord willing, at the Pactum Conference in October. I think T.G. Hart is going to be there, Michael Beck, Pat Abendroth, and that's the Pactum Conference, I think, October 6th and 7th. If 800 people don't register, by next Monday, we're going to have to cancel. <laughs> that's an inside joke. <laughs> Some theologian just did that. If, if 150 people don't register, they have to cancel the conference. Putting the big back into Eva. By the way, that the video that, was, that that guy did... In the background there, it looks like there's two guys cuddling. <laughs> okay. You can't make it up. <laughs> I don't think they're cuddling in the middle of the video, but it sure looks like it. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe it's a man and a woman sitting next to each other because you can only see like this silhouette thing. <laughs> but it... <laughs> and by the way, I want to apologize. I am stuffy. Uh, I, I mean, what do I do now? I, I work on sermons, I try to shepherd the flock, and I go to doctors. <laughs> so I see the dermatologist this coming week, uh, just some weird skin things, and then I see the ENT doctor because it's, it's probably going on a month like this. It must be allergies, but I don't really seem to have to take the right allergy medicine, and I'm just so clogged up. I put the little nasal strip on and everything else, but it's hard to breathe through your nose. I mean, there's a big thing going around now, right, with athletes and breathing, and you tape your mouth shut when you sleep, or even when you exercise, mouth shut. I would never make it. I would, I would tap out for certain. If you want a certain topic addressed, on No Compromise Radio, why don't you let me know? I think, I don't know what'll happen. We were daily radio for so long, and now we're, what, 15, 16 years in? I don't know, 3,500, 3,600 shows. I'm just wondering what it would be like. Maybe I have a show with Steve that we do once a week, and then I just do a longer show myself, and then maybe we have a rerun. So maybe three days a week instead. I don't really know. I... I I'm not sure. In the old days, uh, we got a lot of traction because I just would blast people. And I think the Patreon giving was triple what it is now. So if you critique Benny Hinn and Beth Moore and others, then you get triple the money. (laughs) If you talk about Jesus, it goes down. (laughs) That's a whole show. That could be a whole show. But I was taught by my friend now who's in glory, Ray Johnson, you know, don't just don't talk about the money thing. But it is that time of year again. It's that time of year. We got to pay the bills. We have to be on all those stations. Uh, I think the largest station in the country, 
Christian station. Might be KKLA 99.5, if I remember rightly, when I was in Los Angeles. Down south, they have 107.9. That's more of the Calvary Chapel channel. But I think it's 500000 a year it costs to be in a good spot for 30 minutes daily, Monday to Friday, on KKLA. It might be more now. Can you imagine what kind of donors would I need to be on KKLA? I mean, I think the WVNE when we were on here, 760, uh, I think it was 12, started off at 12 grand a year from Monday to Friday for 30 minutes, and then it jumped up to 14,000, I think. When, when it jumped up, I called the, or I think I actually met with the program manager, station manager rather, and I just said, uh, you know, you can tell me the truth, that's fine. I know you get some complaints about the show. Are you moving the price up to 14000 because I'm causing you trouble and I'm causing you $2,000 worth of trouble? <laughs> or is it just cost, you know, cost of living? So he said it was just cost of living, but I wasn't too sure. Anyway, so we are on two stations. One is in Alaska and one is in Wyoming. And so if you would like to listen to KAGV 1110 AM in Anchorage, and that is right there uh, in the wonderful state of Alaska, and that is KF, wait a second, I've got KAGV, that's Alaska's Gospel Voice, and I've also got K. Got two KGVs. Well, maybe that's why I'm on those. <laughs> there it is. KFGR, Trinity Bible Church, Powell, uh, with my friend Brian there. So anyway, we are on radio, but I don't have to pay for either of those. I should make those guys pay for NoCo to be on. I'm sure I cause them problems now because the show is not 30 minutes in length anymore. It's approximately... 30 minutes. Well, anyway, my name is Mike Abendroth. This is No Compromise Radio Ministry. And yes, I sound like I'm underwater, but I guess I could probably make it worse. I could probably, you know, distort my my voice differently. And I can, I can maybe not sound so stuffy. <laughs> All right. Today, I've got a question. Here's the question. Why do you love Psalm 23. Why do you love Psalm 23? Well, I guess different people would answer differently, right? I assume as you're, if you're a Christian, you love Psalm 23. And you say, oh, Mike, I love it because Psalm 23 ministered to me when my mother died. I love Psalm 23 because when I got diagnosed with cancer... I read it and was comforted. I love Psalm 23 because when I studied it to teach my high school group, uh, it helped me combat my anxiety. I love Psalm 23 because it's the most famous psalm, but it's, it's the most wonderful psalm. I mean, there could be lots of different answers. And so I could get, ask you the question, why do you love Psalm 23? I mean, really... Psalm 23 
is to funerals as 1 Corinthians 13 is to weddings, right? You just think, okay, Psalm 23 is read at funerals. Psalm, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 is read at weddings. And my question today is, why do you love Psalm 23? And, and I want you to know that if you want to read it at funerals, I mean, I still do, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not critiquing or criticizing anyone for reading any scripture at a funeral. But it's not really a psalm of death. It's a psalm of, as one writer said, life, rest, and peace. It's a psalm of comfort. It's a psalm of joy. It's a psalm of praise. Probably the best known chapter in all the Bible, don't you think? Maybe the most loved, maybe the most precious. Could it be the one that's most memorized? Could it be the one that's most recognized even by unbelievers? Charles Spurgeon called Psalm 23 the Pearl of Psalms. That's a pretty big endorsement by Reverend Spurgeon. 19th century preacher and commentator J.J. Stuart Perone said, There is no psalm in which the absence of all doubt, misgiving, fear, and anxiety is so remarkable. Could it be, dear Christian, that since we have so much doubt in our life, so much misgiving, so much fear, and so much anxiety, that we run to Psalm 23 to help us think rightly and alleviate those awful sins of anxiety? I think maybe we know the answer. Alexander McLaren said, quote, The world can spare many a large book better than this sunny, S-U-N-N-Y, little psalm. It has dried many tears and supplied the mold into which many hearts have poured their peaceful faith. This is a psalm for those who are experiencing joy now and they can still be thankful or they're going through a trial. But I still want to ask the question, why is it such a wonderful psalm? Well, I could say to you, it's about the Lord, Yahweh, and he's my shepherd. And that you could say, do you know what? One of the reasons why this psalm is so wonderful, it's personal. He's my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down. He leads me. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Certainly, one of the reasons why you love this psalm, because it's so personal. Sometimes it might be wrong to mentally put your name in a particular psalm. Let's say it's a messianic psalm, Psalm 2 or Psalm 110 or something like that. But here, we, we see no problem with saying, surely goodness and mercy shall follow Mike Abendroth all the days of his life, and he, shall do, he Mike Abendroth, shall dwell in the house, Lord, forever. We're not doing any hermeneutical slip-ups there, are we? No, we're not having any uh, interpretive faux pas. No, we, we, we say to ourselves, this is such a good psalm. This is a psalm because it's personal. If you love this psalm because it's about Yahweh, the great shepherd, who's your shepherd, 
and he knows you as a sheep and you know his voice, I think that's a great reason to love it. And that's, a, that's, that's something that's good. I don't want to say, don't do that. Is there anything more? Well, one of the reasons why we should love this psalm, and here's the big point. Here's what I'm after. I want you just to consider this and add this in. This isn't the only, this isn't the main reason. This is just a reason, because I want you to think theologically. There are no imperatives in Psalm 23. Yeah, that's right. No commands, nothing to do. It's all done. It's all being taken care of by the Lord. Ever thought of that? You ever say to yourself, why is Psalm 23 so wonderful? Well, there's nothing wrong with the law. There's nothing wrong with telling us to do things and to trust in the Lord and lean out our own, on our own understanding. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Try to say those verses when you've got a plugged up nose. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm just making another observation. Yes, this is a wonderful psalm because it talks about a shepherd, and we are like sheep without a shepherd when we are lost. We have Satan as our father, and now we have, because of the Lord's work, uh, we have a father. We have the Son. We're built by the Spirit of God. Yes, that's all true. But I just want you to just settle in and just think to yourself, what motivates a Christian? This is like what we did last week on the show. What motivates you to obedience? Well, lots of things. God tells me something to do. I should do it. I want to honor him. I know it's good for me. Uh, I'm able to do it now because of the Spirit of God. Uh, I should be doing out of gratitude. There are lots of ways we could think through it. My neighbor needs my good works, right? Glorifies God, if I didn't say that. that, that that's I, yes and amen. But isn't it interesting? It doesn't tell me to do anything, even though it elicits me to do things like to rest, like to be thankful, like to be joyful, like to be comforted. It does not say, since all this is true, be comforted. Since all this is true, rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. Since all this is true, you can have joy even though you're burying your father. This is all true, and this is how you should respond. Oh, there are psalms that tell us how to respond and what to do. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Okay, I get it. I understand. I'm just trying to get you to say, huh, could it be that it's so wonderful because it's all about who God is? And I am used to, sadly, sometimes sitting in churches where the sermons are all do, 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 da, da, da. <laughs> I just watched a YouTube thing. And it was with Marky Ramon of the Ramones. And he's the last Ramon that's alive. I think Joey died, then Johnny died, then Dee Dee died, then Mark, uh, uh, Tommy died. All of them died except one. Reminds me of a Jim Carroll song, doesn't it? And the, the headline of the YouTube thing was Marky Ramon says that Sting is a jerk. Sting of the police. And so I wanted to hear what Marky Ramon was going to say about Sting. Just, I don't know why. I, I mean, I like the Ramones, and there's some police songs that I like. <laughs> it never mentioned Sting in that interview. <laughs> like, what kind of advertising is this? False advertising. Yes, the Christian life. 
on an overflow of gratitude, we have fruit and obedience, evidence of our salvation. Of course, anybody that tells you that you shouldn't obey God as a Christian is a truly an antinomian. Anyone that says obedience is not important is an antinomian. Anyone that says, I mean, do you get my drift? I am simply saying that this is a psalm just extolling who God is. And that's what we need. And then, of course, we can obey. There are other psalms that say things for obedience. That's true. My point again today is, isn't it fascinating? That Psalm 23, your favorite psalm, it has no imperatives. Now, maybe there's a section of scripture you love because it's all full of imperatives. Great. No problem. Now, if you look at Psalm 23, there's a center. So, if you do chiasms and kind of like an X, what's at the center? of this literary unit. And at the center of this literary unit is a truth that's important. It's not something to do. It's something to be believed. For you are with me. Found right there in the middle of verse 4. Do you know that's the theological center of Psalm 23? Did you know that? The theological center. Everything in this psalm revolves around, for you are with me. And it would not be unfair to say Here's how you could read the psalm knowing with that, knowing that that's the emphasis and that's the center. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, for you are with me. He makes me lie down in green pastures, for you are with me. He leads me beside still waters, for you are with me. He restores my soul, for you are with me. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake, for you are with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, for you are with me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, for you are with me. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows, for you are with me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, for you are with me. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, for you are with me. Isn't that good? The center is for you were with me. We, we've got the presence of God and his comforting presence. The shepherd theme, the first four verses, verse five, the host over a victory feast, and then verse six, dwelling in the house forever. You've got shepherding, celebrating, living in God's house, all because you're with me. That is amazing. That reminds me of Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor what? Forsake you. Now, doesn't that make you want to obey by not being anxious, by being joyful? Of course. Hebrews 13, for he himself has said, in the Greek, I've read that there are five negatives in that quotation. Now, you could just say one negative, but in the Greek, five negatives, so you should be encouraged, so you should be resolute, so you could be trusting and resting. I will never. I'm never. No way. Verse 6 goes on to say, so we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. That's Hebrews 13 verses 5 and 6. For you are with me. 
That's the point. Why do you love Psalm 23? Well, because it's about the shepherd. It's about the, the feast and the banquet. It's about dwelling with the Lord. And he's going to be with us forever. He's with us now. Lastly, for the show today, we could say more. But lastly, for the show today, I think you love Psalm 23 because where it is in the canon, where it is in the Bible, why isn't it after Psalm 150? Why isn't it Psalm 1? What's the placement of this psalm? And the psalm is placed right in the middle of 22 and 24, duh. But 22, 23, and 24 are a nice little trilogy, and they're all about Jesus, Christ our shepherd. It's interesting. Christ our shepherd. Did you know that Psalm 22, Psalm 23, and Psalm 24 give different snapshots of the Messiah? Psalm 22 talks about Jesus as the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. John 10. That's what happened in the past. Psalm 23 talks about the great shepherd, Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, the Lord Jesus, who will equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him. That's Hebrews 13. That's what he's doing now. He's taking care of his people, right? He, he paid for our sins in the past. He's taking care of the people now. So we've got Psalm 22, the good shepherd, John 10. Psalm 23, the great shepherd, Hebrews 13. And would it surprise you that Psalm 24 is about the chief shepherd? 1 Peter 5, verse 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. That's the future. When the king of kings and the king of glory and the king of ages returns. One of the reasons you love Psalm 23 is because it's in the trilogy of Psalm 22, Good Shepherd, Psalm 23, Great Shepherd, Psalm 24, Chief Shepherd, all talking about the Lord Jesus. And of course, when you read Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Of course, you're immediately thinking about what Jesus said on the cross. And when you read Psalm 23, you're immediately thinking about the Lord is my shepherd. And you go back to John 10 for certain and Hebrews 13. And the chief shepherd is going to appear. This great psalm in verse 24, the exaltation of this great king. So I think you love Psalm 23 for lots of reasons. It's placement. It's theme. There's no imperatives in there. Isn't it fun to think about Psalm 23, not just at weddings? Let me flip over here to Psalm 24 because that also is important for you to just get the idea of the exaltation. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Skipping to verse 7, lift up your head, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? 
the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Who's the King of glory? The Lord Jesus. Absolutely. Well, my name is Mike Abendroth. This is No Compromise Radio Ministry. I did not mean to push that button. And I don't understand why it's actually doing that because I've got that thing muted. But I guess if I do, I do things like this, it, it talks. You belong in a circus, Spock. Right next to the dog-faced boy. <laughs> you can't make this up, can you? <laughs> You can write me, Mike, at nocompromiseradio.com, and you can, we're working on a new website to make it a little easier. I know our search engine isn't that good, and you can write me and tell me, do you want to go to three days a week? What do you want to do? Mike Cabendroth, No Compromise Radio. 